0: Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Uh, some more COVID news. It's a, it's a new week, a new set of news and a new set of rules that it looks like we will be going by. So I'm sure this will change nine times before the season actually <laughs> starts, Matt. If the season actually starts, we're also going to talk about ESPN's recent list of rankings. They're going through positional rankings as ranked by NFL coaches and executives. Tight ends we'll start with. There's quarterbacks on the horizon. I don't think we'll be able to fit both tight ends and quarterbacks in today. But first, this from Tom Pellicero. You tell me how this sounds, Matt. I think this is going to start to cause some problems that we've seen with Major League Baseball to try to collectively bargain the league when it gets altered. From Tom Pellicero of... NFL Network and NFL.com. He says the NFLPA informed its board of representatives today, this is yesterday, that NFL proposed 35% of player salaries will be held in escrow to help manage costs during the 2020 season per sources. It's one option on the table. If revenue is impacted league wide by COVID-19, he goes on to say how the NFLPA react to the NFL's proposal to 35% escrow of player salaries this season. NFLPA executive Don Davis told players on a conference call, quote, basically, we told them to kick rocks. So the union stance (laughs) is any escrow, escrow deal must be collectively bargained. So it's looking like the NFL could be... Headed toward that path that we've seen Major League Baseball on, and I think it was more difficult for baseball just because they had to give up so many games and figure out how to do half a season or a partial season, and they're trying to do 60 games now. And now with Major League Baseball, there's problems with their initial testing and some of the the spring training 2.0. Workouts have gotten paused because there's a delay in getting tests, so the NFL can really learn from Major League Baseball not to make those same mistakes, but there does have to be some fighting, I think, between the Players Association and the league even to get anything going, and we've seen it already with the... The preseason games and the players want zero. The league wants to drop it to two preseason games. And now this 35% escrow player salaries thing, which obviously the players aren't going to like. So uh, I don't even know what to think about all this mess because there's there's one thing with pr- protocols and keeping players safe. And then there's the other stuff, which is like the that makes me beat my head against the wall when it starts to, to get collectively bargained between the union and and the league. And those things never go smooth.
1: I know very, very little about the baseball negotiations, except for the fact that it got ugly. And yes, you would hope that the NFL's timing can learn from the other leagues, but this smells like something that gets ugly. And I mean, if I'm the players union, I would say, okay, maybe I'll consider that. If the owners all pitch in 35% of their expected revenue for 2020, that's a pretty nice chunk of change. You know, 32 teams, about 35% of what they expect to haul in this year. Throw that in the mix, too. To And, and my question is just because I'm ignorant, basically, but it's very vague to me. One of the first sentences you read were something along the lines of, to quote, cover costs. I'm like, well, what exactly am I buying with that 35%? <laughs>
0: that's a good question. You're buying right. them not having to pay you, I think, is the, the cost. The cost yeah, right. was I'm you. I'm
1: buying 65% of my salary, right. is what it sounds like
0: to be. That, that's exactly right. And that's exactly what the players are saying, why they told them, well, their stance is to kick rocks. So that's that. And As then there's should be. the other issue of this is and players the giving
1: up their revenue.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other. The other part of this is players and we're seeing this with baseball, we're seeing with the NBA bubble that they have going on in Orlando and if if everything isn't really smooth and the players can't trust what's going on and can't feel safe, you're going to see players drop out and you know Mike Trout, one of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball might not play in this shortened season. And this one, this is just one player but this was Stefan Diggs on Twitter a Tuesday saying there's so many unanswered questions with this upcoming season, I'd be lying if I said I was comfortable starting back up so there there might even even if it does get going there might be some key players that decide oh man you know what I just don't feel comfortable going on and playing right now so um, there's a lot to figure out still to get this season going
1: yeah and maybe this is even a conversation I know we have some some things we want to get to but I was thinking the other day like what if I'm a player and I'm not comfortable putting myself in harm's way I don't want to jump out of the airplane you know I I don't want to Um, you know, risk it this year. And everybody looks at it differently. I tend to put myself in harm's way more. I've been going to the grocery store since the start and others won't. I mean, and it's a totally their prerogative. So 55 players times 32 teams, if 10% of them or three of the players are like, Hey, I'm not comfortable in that working environment, just like a steel worker, a coal miner, whatever. Do they have to go to work or, can they get an exemption of some sort and not get paid this year or do they still count against the cap or do they get released you know like i'm curious how that works i bet there's some people out there saying i don't really want to swap spit with offensive linemen and rush the passer and have 10 people fall on me every day
0: and i'm even more worried about not only the players but the coaches that are going to be at risk older some of them not in the greatest of shape and the referees i mean the referees aren't as young as the players anyways and a lot of the referees are, are very fit for their age but they're a little older and and you also don't they're know 25
1: what 25 year old premier athlete
0: so. yes and you don't know <laughs> what um what pre-existing conditions some of those players some of those coaches some of those referees you know some people in the media whatever whoever's involved and whoever's going to be around these games you don't know what pre-existing conditions they might have there might be a guy who's 25 years old seems like he's in the prime of his life but he maybe has something on, on the side that we don't really know about that might affect his ability to jump in and, and feel comfortable playing this season so there there's just a lot so as, as much as we want to be excited about it and as much as training camp is going to open later this month in about 20 days and the season is still scheduled to start early September there are a lot of hurdles to jump over before any of that actually happens and I have to imagine there's going to be some players that just flat out won't play this season so league has to yeah. be prepared for that and they have to learn from baseball the testing needs to be on point and quick and fast and accurate that's the number 1 key or none of this can happen
1: yeah i mean what if matt ryan who's you know up in age or whatever says philip rivers says you know what? i i want to sit the season out <laughs> you know like what happened to the Falcons? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: a lot of them, we've seen players, uh, there's a lot of baseball players are saying, well, man, I, j- I just had a baby at home. I've got this young kid or my sure. wife is pregnant. Uh, you know, there's just this stage in life where I don't want to bring anything home even more than normal because you never want to bring anything home. But it's just a, it's a a risk you're not willing to take. So, yeah. that, that Or if could,
1: your family or wife has an autoimmune disease or right. you're taking care of your older mom. or You know I mean? Like, everyone has different circumstances.
0: Absolutely. That's why the NBA wanted to try the bubble thing where every Mm one's pretty much there we're seeing some problems with that as well so uh yes the nfl has the the great opportunity to learn from the other leagues that are trying to start up sooner so learn from those fix those problems and maybe we can still have an nfl season and wear a mask
1: and definitely wear a mask
0: okay let's talk tight ends and let's talk rockauto.com if you're looking for auto parts an amazing selection easy to navigate website reliably low prices You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Whatever you need, brake parts, engine parts, you need a tailgate like our colleague Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. His tailgate off his truck was stolen. He went to rockauto.com, found a replacement, repaired his tailgate for his pickup truck. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck at rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years helping you find parts online at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices. right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. Matt, do you want to preface this list of rankings? Because I believe you have some inside knowledge to its author, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.
1: Yeah, and Jeremy's a friend of mine. He has basically taken over the Mike Sando duties, who everyone knows from this podcast, The ESPN, Is kind of a national guy, um, pulls a lot of GMs and coaches and things like that. Um, Jeremy was in charge. Him and I overlapped while we were at ESPN briefly. That was a long time ago, now I think about it. But he also lived two dorms away from me, every year at St. Vincent college for Steeler camp. He was the Steeler beat writer before this. So um, good pickup Hooper. We had a a beverage or two in the evenings, nice guy. And he's got a little bump up in ESPN and he's got this, this um, series going much as Sando used to where yesterday he pulled a bunch of people. So these are not Jeremy's rankings. It's just an accumulation of votes on tight ends yesterday, quarterbacks today, And he's going to go through every position. And there's a lot of good quotes on him, and I urge everyone to check it out. So I thought it would be a good talking point for us.
0: Yeah, I love this. I love the the curtain being peeled back. Nobody's putting their name to it, but 30 unnamed high-ranking officials, executives, things like that were pulled in these rankings for quarterbacks and tight end. By the way, uh, what kind of pickup hoops are we talking about here? Are you you a bruising power forward?
1: I'm retired. Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm 6'3", 280, maybe a little heavier and i oh, really? I ripped up both ankles pretty substantially i I play as a pickup hooper my whole life inside guy, not bad, definitely my best sport, but not you know good enough to play like on our good high school team or anything like that. but I used to play recently twice a week at the high school I went to every Tuesday and Thursday night up to about four years ago when I just shredded both my ankles and it just hurts too bad and there's a bunch of guys that, somebody gets hurt every game so i gave it up <laughs> but jeremy's really good jeremy's taller than me he's athletic there's some good games on the uh the latrobe um courts there and once in a while you'll get a coach or player out there from time to time it's good stuff
0: okay wow i like it uh i i, I will say first he's of all the organizer jeremy was the organizer that's more weight than i was going to guess for you you don't look like you you weigh that much oh i so. hold it well yeah you you hold it very well <laughs> That's all muscle. <laughs> I'm not too far <laughs> behind you in age either, so I'm getting worried about my ankles. I was playing a lot of basketball before the shutdown, about three times per week. I was feeling really good. It dropped some pounds. Um, I like it. playing basketball. I'm not great at it. It's not my best sport. Baseball was my number one sport. Uh, basketball is probably my third. But I have gained at least 10 pounds from not doing, I mean, like, even just the the workouts I've been doing. since march it's it's basically kind of the workouts used to be extra now it's getting me to where i would have been normally moving around my daily routine so i I, i'm I'm in a bad situation right now
1: just treading water keep your head above water yeah it's bad hoops was the best though because it was competitive yeah i definitely worked harder i played an extra half hour than i should have you know i wanted to win but i am definitely a hands not feet athlete
0: Uh, Same for me. Yeah. And I I need to chase the ball. I'm like a dog. I can't just go run. It's I don't get nearly the workout. Like if I'm playing basketball, I'll play until everyone quits. I'll just keep playing all all day, all night long at the gym. And that's the great thing about basketball. But anyway, I do miss it. I miss it. uh, You know, there's a lot of basketball players that play tight end. So let's start with the tight end rankings here from. The 30 execs around the league, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the number one tight end in the NFL. This is a a highly contested one. I'm sure it was very close 50-50 between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. George Kittle, though, the 27-year-old San Francisco 49er, wins out. Um, And and there was at least one executive that had him ranked as low as third. So there was another tight end that was actually ahead of George Kittle and Travis Kelsey on somebody's list. Uh, But George Kittle. Twenty-seven year old, uh, I, I think the most complete tight end in the NFL. Even if you think Travis Kelsey and or somebody else is still better,
1: yeah. Let's just kind of talk about these two together. I'm probably not going to get an argument from you. The Kittle's number one. He would be my number one. I know that they have similar numbers. They both wear red. They both are productive but Kittle plays like a 270-pound man and is a nasty blocker with great effort, um, breakaway potential, tackle breaker. Kelsey plays like a 235, 240-pound man, and I think Kelsey's a smoother mover. That's mentioned here. Um, You know, Kittle's not... Smooth would not be the word I describe Kittle with, but he's explosive, I think Kittle's clearly the better option. And some of these type of things, what if you flip them? You know, I mean, I think Kittle would be at least as productive, although scheme helps both these guys a lot. But his, you know, blocking, which is down the list, obviously, now for tight ends. I mean, the best blocking tight end isn't on this list type of guy that doesn't catch the ball is way better than Kelsey.
0: There's, it's interesting. He's got quotes here from executives around the league, and it's passion, energy, toughness, blocking. Those are the reasons why George Kittle ended up ranking number one. One of the tiebreakers, though, for the Kelsey argument is that Kelsey is more refined and that Kyle Shanahan schemes, yeah. schemes uh, George Kittle open quite a bit, which I will agree with. So there's actually room for... Kittle to be more refined as a route runner and actually get even better and he's so good after the catch he runs like a wide receiver after the catch and sort of a running back too he runs with power and he's got a lot of speed to him uh, so he's so good in that Kyle Shanahan offense so uh, if you want to tip the scales toward Kelsey I will buy that he is a more refined route runner and if if you wanted someone just to to win a route one-on-one Kelsey might still be better in that regard
1: yeah I agree and He is a rugged player, so the quote you mentioned, passion, energy, toughness, blocking, but you said it, speed. I mean, he is fast with long strides and just eats up grass and runs away from people with the ball in his
0: hands. So underused in college, man. When he shows up at 6'4", 250, he ran a 4.52. He really had the same measurables as O.J. Howard, who went in the first round. Uh, He was just so underused as a receiver in Iowa's offense, but that helped him become such a great blocker too. And then when you put him in a Kyle Shanahan offense, man, uh, he just really took off. Number three, shouldn't be much of a surprise. It's Zach Ertz. I thought maybe Rob Gronkowski would sneak back into the top of these rankings and he was ranked at least number one on somebody's list. So that list that might've had Kelsey or... George Kittle, number three, that one probably had Rob Gronkowski uh, back in number one. What do you expect from Gronk? I think that's a clear three, four here on this list with Ertz and Gronk. And I don't have a problem with those two guys there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have known where to rank Gronk. I mean, I could have left him out of the top 10, much like a Ben type situation or a guy that hasn't played. You just don't know. So I'm going to leave you off the list. Or frankly, you could put him one because of a lifetime achievement award. I mean, he's the greatest tight end that's ever lived. I think he's the greatest player non-quarterback of this generation, which is a mouthful. Um, But I don't know what he is. I mean, the last time we saw him, Super Bowl side, he was pretty good. He was a great blocker. He's an effective red zone guy. I don't know that I would rank him near the top, though. If I had to put a list, I'd rather leave him off than put him up too high. I understand it, though. I mean, this is going to be a trend, and it goes for Ertz, too. But in a way, this is kind of an old man position. You know, tight, unlike running backs and receivers in most positions, tight ends don't hit their stride usually until about age 27. And they fade, the great ones fade away slow. Gonzo, Gates, Witten. I mean, a lot of those guys can't even run anymore. And Ertz kind of plays an old man game anyways. Super crafty, knows exactly when to sit down in zones, how to shield man-to-man defenders. Not that he's a bad athlete, but he's, not as dynamic as Kittle and and Kelsey, for sure. I would have Ertz three. I'm fine with Gronk four. I just don't know where I'd put him. I mean, he's just a big unknown to me.
0: Yeah, with Ertz just not used as much and not as effective as a blocker, which would, would put him behind right. some of those for me easily, um, as savvy as he is as a receiver. And then Gronk, the, the question I have is how much is he going to weigh? Because he was visibly lost, uh, what, 20 pounds at least? when you saw him on right. tv after he retired can he and pack all of that back on what he did best right so what's he going to look like is he be faster and and more healthy so maybe a better receiver even than he was before but then lesser of a blocker can he get back up to his weight is he going to stay skinny i don't know that'll be interesting to see him in a uniform see what he actually looks like so yeah to your point maybe off the list is the easiest because he could be one or he could be not on the list at all
1: yeah i mean he's just an unknown at this point and last we saw him wasn't wonderful. I mean, it's a little bit like a Cam Newton situation. Like, yep. yeah, the last we saw you were banged up. I don't know, or even Trent Williams, or this guy's a missed a year. I mean, it's hard to say he wasn't even a football player last year. That being said, he might catch twelve touchdowns this year.
0: Yeah, and I—that's the thing—is I would not put that <laughs> right? past him either. It was like, oh yeah, he's still the best tight end in the league because you can't teach six seven.
1: And he's an amazing ball skill guy. He's a very smart player, even though he's considered kind of a meathead type of dude. Um, the Brady connection is amazing. And it's not like he's a bad athlete. And maybe the time off he moves a little bit better. His body's feeling a little better. But I mean, the reason he's a second-round pick is he had back problems coming out of school.
0: There's a cluster of tight ends here that are really difficult for me to break up. And I think it was pretty it seems pretty difficult for those coaches and executives to break up as well. So Matt, we'll get to the bottom of that group. The rest of the tight end rankings coming up. Number five. Darren Waller. This is a real tight group for me. It'd be hard to rank. That's why I kind of want to just run through them really quick. So Darren Waller is five. Mark Andrews, Baltimore Ravens, six, Evan Ingram, seven, Hunter Henry, eight, Austin Hooper, nine, Jared Cook, 10. Uh, I would clearly have Hooper and Cook behind the others. So Henry Ingram, Andrews Waller, five through eight. That's a tough group for me to break up.
1: Yeah. And I've been this list maker many times, and I know Jeremy's not the one putting them in order. Maybe you do just stick Gronk at four because this tier is all sort of their own. They're all big wide receivers, honestly, and I agree with you. I don't know how I would rank Waller, Andrews, Ingram, Henry. Henry, to me, is probably the most well-rounded, and if I had one on my team, that might be my pick, but he's missed a lot of time. Engram to me is the most dangerous, the most talented. He's missed a ton of time, but I mean, he is a mismatch. Andrews is the most productive of late. Waller is just a ginormous wide receiver and the best story of this group. I mean, considering where he came from, uh, people forget, you know, he ran uh, in the mid four fours and people thought of him as a big loping wide receiver. Well, maybe we should make him a tight end, you know?
0: Yeah, that Georgia, what were they doing recruiting at Georgia Tech, by the way? Everyone's just massive and fast there. <laughs> right. Where do you find guys like Damarius Thomas and, um, Calvin, and Johnson. Calvin Johnson and Darren <laughs> Waller? It's like, what? We only recruit guys who are 6'5 plus and run 4'4s four at least.
1: And right. we only throw the ball eight times
0: a game. <laughs> yeah, and then they don't throw to him. It's, it's wild. <laughs> right, right, right. That is wild, uh, that old Georgia Tech offense. Um, yes, Evan Ingram is the one for me because he should be higher And I think as one coach here put it in quotes about Gronk being sort of the tear breaker, I think you nailed that he's absolutely the tear breaker between the top guys and the rest of the guys. He says outside of the top guys, who's really better than Gronk still not many. So I think even if you project it out, who do you expect to be better than Gronk? I could see Darren Waller continuing and um, in Gruden's offense, he gets peppered the ball quite a bit. So I think that's key for Waller as a pass catching tight end. Like you mentioned, he's a bulked up wide receiver, but Evan Ingram should be a better version of that exact thing. So it's hard for me to still put Waller ahead of Ingram, despite all of Ingram's injuries. And then Mark Andrews is in a great spot now to be the number one tight end. uh, And, and really one of the biggest, I think probably wouldn't be a shock at all if he caught the most passes in that Baltimore Ravens offense from Lamar Jackson this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, like in the fantasy world, Andrews is often going third, which I a hundred percent understand. Um, I think that scheme helps him a little bit more than what he truly is as a player, but I think he's an excellent player. I just noticed this, that Engram actually got a first place vote, which is a little crazy. But before I saw that, I was going to say, if somebody from this tier got past Ertz, who's number three, who is most likely? I think that's Engram.
0: That is interesting. I didn't notice the first place vote. So, Ingram had at least one first place vote and his lowest ranking was 13 by these coaches and executives. And if you look at Zach Ertz, his highest was three. So nobody had Ertz higher than where he ended up being ranked at three. But somebody did have Evan Ingram Ingram. with a one. Someone had Gronk with a one. Someone had Ertz or someone had uh, Kelsey with a one. Someone had Kittle with a one. But nobody had Ertz higher than three. That is a very interesting with those rankings so that's a yeah. projection again right they they think what could be with evan ingram and i kind of agree with that i totally get that um he's a freak of nature ran 4-4-2 four, four, with his skill set what it was and and we've seen it on the field too we saw it as early as his rookie season so if he can stay healthy um uh, he could be a dynamic weapon in new york still so yeah uh he, he could be a superstar right i mean Absolutely. he really get yeah Hunter, Hank, Hunter henry's a tough one too because of the acl injury uh, he's a more complete tight end than some of the bigger wide receivers we've talked about on the list. Uh, he was ranked as high as five, as low as 13. He comes in at number eight on this list.
1: I'm a big fan uh, to me. He could be uh, five. You know, if we, if we were to do this again, I think he brings more, as you said, as a well-rounded player. Um, he has that type of game that it looks like he could play until he's 35 and learns all the nuances only 25 years old. Um, I easily would have franchised him if I were the Chargers. I'd love to get a long-term deal done with him. I think he's a really good player, and hopefully, we look at his career and be like, "Man, Henry had a great 12-year career." Remember when he was injured a little bit early on? I forgot all about that. You know, I mean, he could yeah. be. Hopefully, that's who he is, and they were just fluky injuries. But you can't rank him too high because you got to be on the field.
0: Some really good tight end classes recently too. This, a lot of these guys are 25. Years are under. Uh, Andrew's still only 24. Ingram's 25. Hunter Henry's 25. Austin Hooper is surprising is still 25. He came out after his redshirt sophomore year I think at Stanford. And that one kind of surprised people when he came out early. Austin Hooper is the highest paid tight end in the league right now. Signed a four-year $42 million contract with the Browns. David Joku says well now I want out which is probably a smart move on Joku's part former first rounder. But uh, Austin Hooper, 25 years old, he ranks number nine on this list, despite being the highest paid tight end in the league.
1: I'm not sure that he'd be in my top 10. Uh, I mean, I think he's a high quality player. Certainly is not the best tight end in the league. And, you know, he's very fortunate to gone on the market in off season when there wasn't much at the tight end position. There was not much coming out of school this past year. Good for him. You know, I mean, great. I, I would never get on a guy for making more than he's he's worth. And to the Browns, He's going to play every down. They're going to live in two tight end sets, and he's good at everything. He's just not a difference maker to me. He's not somebody you fear. He would not be in my top 10. Um, You mentioned it before, and I've mentioned it before, too. Like, this is a dynasty thing for me. There's seven or eight tight ends that I am kind of smitten with that are young That I think could take big steps forwards this year. And a guy that's not even mentioned here, TJ Hawkinson leads that list for me. But I mean, not that I'm saying Hawkinson would be in my top ten, but next year he might be fourth for me.
0: Here's the thing, too, is you at least have to project out, unless you're just saying, okay, who has been the best, and then you're making a list. If you're talking about I think they're
1: saying who's the best right this second.
0: Right. And if you're talking about 2020, I would take I would take TJ Hawkinson's 2020 season over. Number ten on this list, Jared Cook. So I would have no problem with Hawkinson being in the top ten, and he didn't even get um, any. He didn't get any. uh, He didn't get a sniff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's nowhere on this list, even the honorable mentions here. So that's interesting. But yeah, I would take Hawkinson over Cook. I'd probably take even Hawkinson over Hooper, even though Hooper's solid. But uh, I'd be swinging for the fences with someone who could be even better across the board than Hooper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and I think Hooper's fine. I wouldn't get on anyone for having him around nine or 10 on the list. He's a solid football player, but I would rather play against him than a lot of these young tight ends. And I'm with you on cook. I mean, I think cook is declining. They know that they drafted a tight end. They brought another wide receiver scheme helps him a lot, but in his day, and he still has some of these traits, he has some freaky ability. I mean, he's a long strider too, that, Eats up a lot of turf, can really run. I mean, he, he's a 245-pound slot receiver, though. I mean, he's not a tight end. <laughs> I mean, we, we call these guys tight ends, but he doesn't ever line up next to the tackle and try to uproot a defensive end.
0: Which of the honorable mentions or unmentioned would you put in there in that top 10, then? I'm looking at Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant can be a better version of what Jared Cook has become. Jared Cook, obviously, Similar. you know, 10 years older than Noah Fant. So there's some development that has to happen. But I think physically, Noah Fant, even more impressive, long strider, a very athletic player, uh, I think bigger and stronger, though, for Noah Fant could even be better version of Jared Cook.
1: That's a good one. I, I haven't heard that comparison for Fant. And I agree with everything you said that was positive about those both those guys athletically. But I also think Fant and Cook, are very straight line-ish. You know, they're fast, but they're not real bendy. They're not great change of direction guys. Seam routes down the middle, you know, that type of thing. Not like a Kelsey type route runner. You know, I think they are similar athletically. Um, So I don't love those types, but if they're used properly as field stretchers, like Cook has been in New Orleans, and I'm sure Fant will be with Denver, they're hard to deal with for sure.
0: Of the other honorable mentions that receive votes here, Tyler Higbee, Dallas Goddard, Jonu Smith in Tennessee, uh, Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings, and Gerald Everett. So a pair of Rams tight ends there with Everett and Tyler Higbee and Noah Fant. The one that sticks out to me is Dallas Goddard because he's the one that needs to be freed. If Dallas Goddard was by himself on a team not playing behind Zach Ertz, I think he might be in the top ten, and I would take him over someone like Jared Cook at this point in Jared Cook's career because Goddard is bigger, better blocker than Ertz, gives you a little bit more after the catch as well. But he's he's a number two tight end right now, deserves to be a number one somewhere, whether that's in Philly sometime soon or somewhere else after his rookie deal.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I could see why people would not put him in their top 10 because he's a number two tight end on this team. But I think he's better at football right this second than Hooper or Cook. I think he's a very, very good player. And him and Ertz on the field together presents tons of problems they were their most effective receivers last year they ran the ball really well when those two were on the field goddard's a little more the gronk where Ertz is a little more the hernandez type guy but Mm -hmm. i think goddard is a top 10 player probably right now and gets overshadowed to no end um i don't see i don't know why why cal rudolph's even mentioned here i mean he runs like me and you i mean he runs like me with bad ankles I, i i i don't think he's deserving well, to be even mentioned
0: to that point here's the quote and this is great we should end with this uh a veteran offensive coach was quoted talking about kyle rudolph in this article saying quote you and i are faster than he is but he still catches everything so pure hands but yeah he runs like williamson with two blown out ankles
1: <laughs> right it's 285 <laughs> yeah right i mean he's not even that good of a blocker that's a misconception and because he's a big strapping dude, everyone thinks he's a killer blocker. He really isn't. He's a finesse player that can't run. Um, I love Jonu Smith. He's actually a huge breakout guy for me. I own him in every Dynasty League. And there's he leads one of my lists of Chris Herndon, Mike Gasecki. I mean, there's a lot of those type of guys. Jay Sternberger, that I think there's a really good young crop that we haven't heard much from that we're about to. Very.
0: Interesting I don't think Tyler
1: Higbee's for real, by the way.
0: Higby, I like Higby, a really complete player. Yeah, yeah and it's it's funny because he's, he's held off Everett for so long that I think it's pretty clear that, and, and Everett could still have his role and be used. Um, again, if we're talking Gronk, Hernandez, Everett could be the Hernandez. And But, I mean, Higby's just a, more complete, and he's a really good receiver underrated in that regard. So uh, I think he kind of won that and and held off the competition that his new staff tried to uh, tried to draft and develop to play over him, and it hasn't happened. So,
1: Yeah, and one thing I disagree with, not that I know a ton more than veteran NF- NFC coach, but, you know, nameless veteran NFC coach, I think Higby's a pretty good athlete, too. His combine mm-hmm. was really good. I think he runs very well. He's a big, strong guy, and he's the perfect example of someone that comes from a really small school, takes a year or two to develop and then bursts on the scene right around that age 27 times. So the way he finished last year, I don't think is fluky for Higby. And he's one of the many breakout guys at this position. I mentioned a lot of them and probably forgot one or two.
0: I love it what do the listeners think out there about this list or anything else hit me on Twitter at BD peacock you can find Matt at Williamson NFL get involved tomorrow's in tomorrow's yeah tomorrow's Twitter Thursday episode yeah, yeah. you can be mad about how disrespected your tight end was on this list, your favorite up-and-coming tight end in the NFL, your favorite up-and-comer at any position in the NFL. We'll tackle all of your questions tomorrow. And I think we're going to talk to Ryan Tracy for Friday's episode about everything going on in Kansas City with the Patrick Mahomes contract and how that team is looking and ready to repeat in 2020. All right, we'll talk to you guys then right here, Locked on NFL.